Michael Jackson's Thriller Album. Stories in the Room. This is Michael Jackson's Thriller Album, Stories in the Room. Join film composer Anthony Marinelli, who programmed synthesizers for seven songs on Thriller, and A&R veteran film producer Stephen Ray, who assisted Quincy Jones and was in the studio every day with Quincy and Michael. Michael Jackson's Thriller Album, Stories in the Room. I'm Anthony Marinelli with my longtime close friend and co-host, Stephen Ray, bringing you the real stories directly from the talented people in the room with us during the making of Thriller, the greatest selling album of all time. In this segment, the Waters family tells us about the magic they witnessed when such a high level of talented songwriters, musicians, and arrangers were carefully assembled by Quincy Jones. We discuss how the studio bubble was a safe and spiritual place for Michael to create in, and the goal was to outdo himself. But every time since that record that we run into to Quincy, he doesn't even say hi, Maxine. He goes, Mama said, Mama saw my Michael. <laughs> and you know, he, he doesn't even go, ah, I can see him Mama doing said, that. Mama said, Mama saw my Michael. Yeah, so. yeah with his musical that. self. Right. With his musical self. Yeah. He was a, he's yeah. a genius. Yeah. You know, we were working, when we think about it, when we were in that studio, we were working with two geniuses. Yes. And all the musicians too, and, and, right. and all the I'm musicians, the filling games, yes. and all you guys, mm-hmm. everybody. Yeah. Anthony did a whole and bunch I of know. stuff on there. Paul, Paul Jackson, Paul Jackson Jr. Some yeah. brilliant Steve, artists. Steve Carl, Steve Lucifer, David yes. Page. That, that album yes. was brilliant. You know, Indugu, God bless him. Yeah. God bless his soul. God Lewis yeah. Johnson, Rod Temperton, not to mention Rod. The songwriting. Yeah. The songwriting of Rod Temperton, you know, is just and all those yeah, horns. Right. Horn. So many people don't realize that. Oh, go ahead, go ahead, Stephen. Jerry Hay. Yeah, I was saying the range. Oh, Jerry Hay. The arrangers, too. Like the, uh, yeah, that's right. And the real strings wow. and real brass. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> nothing can replace those. No, nothing can replace magic. that. Yeah. That's the yeah. magic. And you could just feel it all through you. You know what I mean? It yes. would just be all in the room and all in the bathroom, everywhere. You know what I mean? Like, and so those are the moments that I think when you were talking a, bit, yeah. a little bit early, has it changed? In yes. that way, it Anthony, has. it has. Yeah. In that way, it An it arrangement really like that, like you guys are doing Mama Say, Mama Saw, but right, but that's the focus of the melody. But in between, it's like, bop, bop, ba da ba da ba ba bop, Mama Say, you know, it's like, it's at, at the right time. It's like funky orchestration. At the right time. At the right time. There's, yes. a, ton of, there's a ton of space for everybody. Yes. Oh, yes. My God. With the touch, with the touch of the strings and yeah. all of that kind of stuff, the sound of the bows and stuff, which they try to now capture through samples, but it's nothing it's about not being same. in that moment. Yeah. And you see somebody turn it on like that. Another person that I have to say this about, Neil Diamond. Mm-hmm. Beyond, I got to say, Neil Diamond has that doggone ability. Mm-hmm. He's, he's walking around just being Neil, but he get on that stage and... Turn into Neil Diamond right. and electrify the whole doggone place. Michael do the same thing. Yeah. yeah. Michael Michael would do the could would do the could do the same thing. Yeah. And those are some of the individuals, in my humble opinion, and besides being around those type of producers like Quincy or Lamont Dozier or 
uh, uh, Smokey Robinson or Bobby Womack yeah. or people yeah. like that pull things seemingly out of the air. Norman Whitfield. Norman Whitfield. Norman Whitfield. Pull Whitfield. things oh out God. of the air. And he say, do this. Oh, yeah. He say, do this. Norman. And you're going, well, wait a minute. If I do that, huh. da, 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 da. Yeah. But then you do it and put it in the place that he said do it at. And you just, the magic just <laughs> flares up. And you say, look at this. Look yeah. at this. Yeah, you know, I was just thinking, you know, have you guys, have you ever uh, added up all the hours just between Motown, Michael, Quincy, just that, just that block of, I mean, the hours oh, and your total hours of, of being in the studio. That that has to be, I, I can't even imagine how many hours, if you were to think about how many hours performing that, that you have, I can't even imagine how, how much time you spend in that I never bubble. thought of it that way. That's a bubble, and that's a protective bubble for artists. And, and Michael Smelly felt safe in that bubble. Yes. yes. Oh, that's a yes. Thought. Oh, my yes. God. Yes, 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 you know? yes, exactly. You know, Anthony wow. and I yeah, felt safe. And that's why Quincy, Quincy didn't allow to protect Smelly, Michael. He didn't allow outsiders to come to the studio at some point. You know, there were people that were stopping by from the Jehovah Church, and finally, Quincy said no. He didn't want anybody from the record company, no, because it's a safe place to create, and he didn't want that anxiety to build up. Right. Let me tell you, let me tell you, if there are people, and this is something I always say, and I've learned it from a very early age, if there are people just sitting there, they don't have to say nothing, but it creates a different it air does. in the room. Yeah. Yes. Music is yes. alive. And so if a yes. person is just sitting there and they don't even say nothing and you're doing something and if, if and say they were there when the original was done or created and then that person is missing next time or if they weren't yes. there when it was done and then they're here now, it changes yes. the vibration in the room. There are things that are about music that we totally. do not understand still to this day. And that is yeah. why they say music comes the savage beast. So true, but it has to be. So it has to have that quality mm -hmm. that will allow that to that transition to happen. It's a spiritual experience, yeah. is what it is. In my humble opinion. Yeah. And you know what? Uh, uh, one thing about us too, we didn't bring guests to uh, no. work to, uh, to work with us uh, to work with yeah. us. Yeah, Anthony. We all, Anthony. Yeah, we talk about the energy. Um, yes. Anthony and I yeah. talk about that all the time. Well, for one thing, when there's other people in the studio, then you're feeling like you have to perform. Yes. Then you're not concentrating on right. what you're doing to make it right or anything. You are there performing. And I never, yeah, and you don't want to be uh, making somebody yeah. comfortable because they come down here. Right. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. all of that. And even when we travel on the road, we're like that too, you know. Yeah. Well, you need yeah. different you need different yeah. moments and different energy, because I, I remember sometimes just sitting in the room with just him on the turntable, and he would just play sounds that he liked from different albums, and he'd say, right. "Hey, what about something like this?" But it's part of a process, you know. And then and then the other musicians would come in, but you kind of need all the different dynamics and the, and the different like qualities of time, because that's like when you're working on a record, probably, and you're a superstar, you got to just be able to drift off a little bit and yes like you know what I, right to discover something without all this stuff going around breathing down your neck exactly. and ph phones going off and you know there was always something going on but 
they they really set the atmosphere right. I think that was Quincy that was the master. What would you say, Stephen? Because you were with Quincy like all the time, right? How, yeah. how did he, didn't he run the show? Like he knew, yeah. he didn't even always have to be in the room, but he knew what was going on here, what was going on there. And he'd always check in at just the right time to keep that, yeah. you know, what do you call it? Aura something. Yeah. I mean, one of, one of his, word. one of his greatest gifts is having come from being an orchestrator and an arranger from jazz and studying classical, but having worked with Count Basie and having to run a big band like Lionel Hampton and Basie, yet you're working with all those different musicians. He learned how, when to be quiet and to let mm -hmm. people, yes. let people do what they do. And he would often, yes. he would often say, if somebody asked him, Hey, what do you, what do you, what, what should I do? And he would say, you just be you. I want you to be you. You're here. You're here because of what you do. You know, I don't want you to change because you're here. You know, and that was very, it's very, very important, especially these days of that lesson of, of the ability to listen as opposed to, you know. Yes. He, and, yes. and to me, that quality is what kept things open, yeah. which kept things, the music feeling free and open and receptive to things, although he was, he could have done it all himself. Don't get you, get me wrong. But what we, he would have had is a hundred percent of himself. Yeah. When you open yourself to uh, suggestions of, by the musicians who, who are in themselves, in their own right, geniuses, yes. anybody that, that has taken the time to uh, uh, master an instrument or a, a, a voice or anything like that, those contributions should be adhered to with it, welcome them. And you can sift through them. Sometimes you don't need them. Sometimes you don't want to hear them. But in the instance that you do, then you want somebody to come with something that, that, that actually is bringing something to it, you know? Yeah. And so that, that's, that's the beauty of, in, of collaboration. Yeah, and trust. Well, we talk about this too. Like we, you could make mistakes. I mean, because the, there was a, a spirit of pushing the envelope on Thriller that I felt all the time. And I did one arrangement for Michael and, and he sang it and it was just three people. It was just Michael and the engineer and me in the room. And it didn't fly. You know, it was for someone in the dark for the E.T. storybook album. And, okay. Yeah. Right. Cause I was going on at the same time as Thriller, which oh. was completely crazy. I mean, Stephen knows that story, how Spielberg jumped in and, in the middle of Thriller and said, I want to do this. And then they're like, well, I guess, why don't you tell a little bit about that? But I mean, I want to go off on a tangent, but my main point was I still have the cassette that they made for me of that arrangement. And it's like, I realized that wow. you can learn from things in a lot of different ways, even the things that go, don't go all the way through, but the spirit, like you guys are de describing, you come in the next day and it's like back to work. You know, there was nothing yeah. like, yeah. we want you, you this is still what you do and you're our guy, you know, and I realized like we're all, they were all competing against themselves. You know, Michael was trying to outdo Michael. There was nobody else out there that he really had to outdo. And Queen there it is, too, right there. Hello. Yeah. Hello. That's the, that's the, Hello. that was the perfection Hello. part. Yeah. The perfection part of a person is when you're trying to outdo yourself. It's not trying to outdo anybody else, but yourself. Yeah. And that's a, and that's like, when are you going to get satisfied? You know who else is a perfection? Perfectionist in that way. <laughs> this fight him. We have to almost fight him. You know, when we're really in the studio and concentrating on uh, what I'm just speaking of our 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 stuff that we do. Our 
And it's like, Oren, that's beautiful. No, let me just do it. Let me just, Oren, that's beautiful. You know, so never satisfied with what you've done. You know, so you you kind of have to know when to step, step aside that's from true. that. That's true, Julie. You know, that's true. to me, I'm just, I, and I think I'm talk, doing that, more or less talking to my no, brother right now. You know now. what, I appreciate that, Julie, because guess yeah. what? The real, the real part of it is you might be approaching it to achieve perfection, mm -hmm. but guess what? What you have already done, when you go back and listen to it, you say, oh my God, that's good. Mm -hmm. So really what it, what happens is you could make it different. That doesn't necessarily mean make that it it's better. better. No. You know, you you right. you, you, you exactly. made it different, you did something different, but that, that does not necessarily right. mean that you made it better. Well, yeah. maybe the old records were, the old records kind of forced you to just be done. Because you just couldn't cut tracks after tracks yeah. after tracks. Right. Mm -hmm. Join us for the next episode of Michael Jackson's Thriller album, Stories in the Room, with your hosts, Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Watch our extended interviews on youtube.com forward slash at stories in the room. Audio only interviews are available on all podcast networks. Follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Stories in the Room. For the latest news and links, visit the website, storiesintheroom.com. This podcast is produced by Christian D. Brune and David Wolf, recorded by Autovita Studios. Additional recording by Ben Rackless. Edited by Jay Spang and Sean Hedinger. Music by Anthony Marinelli and Stephen Ray. Michael Jackson's Stories in the Room.